Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rapture. In 1982, my sister and I started watching Silver Spoons. We had some shows that we watched together, but usually those were shows that she chose. I was a big Ricky Schroeder fan. He's been in some movies that always make me cry. So when I saw that he was coming on to television and that he was going to be in this sitcom, I thought I'd check it out. And then in the first episode, there's video games, a train. The show looked awesome. My sister happened to be in the room at the same time, watched it, and she thought it was pretty good too. So we had a show that we watched together. This, unfortunately, did not last long. The first season, we watch, enjoy. Season two comes on, we start watching it again. Then, my sister gets a boyfriend. One night, he's over, watching TV. I come in, and I say to her, hey, Silver Spoons is on. She looks at me like, okay, let's turn on Silver Spoons. Then this boyfriend of hers says, why would you watch Silver Spoons? That's a kid show. My sister was kind about it and said, well, he's going to watch it. Let's go in the other room. And they left. I was very happy to be able to watch Silver Spoons, but something was missing. That something was my sister, and that jerk had taken her away. They had moved into the kitchen while I was watching the show, and I remember at a commercial break running in there to get a snack, and they were sitting at the kitchen table talking about something, I don't know. And it was at this moment that I realized I didn't like this guy. Not at all. And from that moment on, I exercised a younger brother prerogative to be very annoying. Whenever they were together, whenever they were watching TV... Guess who was there? This guy. I would show up, casually say something, and just sort of sit down. They're watching TV? So am I. They're sitting in the backyard? So am I. Was it petty? Maybe. But I didn't trust this fella. What kind of person doesn't like silver spoons? I'll tell you the type of person. The person who wasn't right for my sister. That's who. I'm happy to announce that their relationship lasted maybe a year. And I don't think I had anything to do with them not staying together. They were young and young people don't stick together. Unfortunately, that relationship marked a turning point in my sister's life, and she would never return to Silver Spoons. In fact, she didn't return to watching television all that much after that. She was too interested in a social life and all the things that come with being a teenager. Still, when I watch Silver Spoons in reruns nowadays or on DVD, I think about the very first season when my sister and I would sit in the living room, her on the couch, me on the floor, and we were laughing at this silly show. On today's show, we're going to talk about Silver Spoons. We'll talk about the people behind and in front of the camera. We'll talk about the show's production, its reception, and where you can find Silver Spoons today. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show.
Silver Spoons premiered on September 25th, 1982, and would run till May 11th, 1986. It was produced by Embassy Television for the first four seasons, and then Embassy Communications for the fifth and final season, when it was in syndication. And we'll talk more about the different seasons later. The show was created by Martin Cohen, Ben Starr, and Howard Leeds. And if you didn't know what the title refers to, it is an expression that talks about rich children. They are often born with a silver spoon in their mouth, meaning they will not want for anything in their lives. Everything will be wonderful for them. The show didn't start off the way it finished. It was originally NBC wanting to have a show based on the movie Arthur with Dudley Moore. But to make it more family-friendly, the show would not be about an alcoholic. The show eventually took shape, and Edward Stratton III, the father, was the end result. And then Ricky Schroeder, who was under contract with NBC at the time, was added to the mix. The creators of the show have pretty good background in sitcoms as writers and producers. Marty Cohen, who passed away in 2010, also created Who's the Boss? Ben Starr was a writer on a lot of shows and a producer on Different Strokes and Hello Larry. And Howard Leeds was a producer on The Brady Bunch, Hello Larry, Different Strokes, and the classic television show Small Wonder. The show was filmed at two locations, the Columbia Sunset Gower Studios in Hollywood and Universal Studios in Universal City, California. Today's show is brought to you by a local candy retailer. Have all the money in the world? Want to act like a kid? Why not buy some candy? Love that candy. So a little bit about the plot of the show. Ricky Stratton, played by Ricky Schroeder, has been in military school and is about to meet his father. He arrives at this giant mansion and is surprised to find out that his father, Edward Stratton III, played by Joel Higgins, is a lot more immature than him, not responsible for anything, even his toy business, Eddie Toys. So what you get is Ricky, who's a little too uptight, and a father who needs to grow up. So together, the whole point will be that they will grow up together, one becoming the father and the other one eventually becoming the son. Eventually, you will meet other characters. Edward Stratton's personal assistant, Kate Summers, played by Aaron Gray. They will eventually get married in the show. Edward's father, played by the amazing John Houseman, stuffy, well-to-do industrialist. Edward and his dad don't get along too well. But he seems to get along with Ricky, and as the show progresses, that relationship grows, and Granddad actually gets a lot cooler. Ricky's mother is played by Christine Belford. Her name is Evelyn Bluedhorn. Edward and Evelyn had only been married for a week, and in that week they conceived Ricky. She remarried and then put Ricky in a boarding school. This child was a complete mystery to Edward. So when he arrives at the mansion, this is all new to him, and he sort of doesn't handle it well. There are other characters throughout the show, and we'll talk a little bit about them. In seasons one and two, Jason Bateman plays Derek Taylor. He sort of becomes a breakout star from the show. Bobby Fight plays J.T. Martin. Quirky Pigeon plays Freddie Lippin-Cottleman. In the fall of 1984, Alfonso Ribeiro is added to the cast as Alfonso Spears. Edward also had two lawyers 
His original one, Leonard Rollins, was played by Leonard Lightfoot. He would leave after the first season, and he was replaced by a business manager, Dexter Stuffins, played by Franklin Seals. Why was Leonard Lightfoot replaced? I'm not actually sure exactly, but I was reading that it might have had something to do with him bringing a loaded gun to the set. I'm not sure if there was more to that story or if it was just the gun, but he was let go. The house you see in the show is in England, not in the United States. It is in Warwickshire, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, but it's called Compton Wynyates. It was built in 1481, and this is not the first time it was used in entertainment. It was also in the 1977 Disney film Candleshoe, starring Jodie Foster. Can't talk about this house without talking about one of its coolest features. You come in the front door, and the living room is basically an arcade, and there is a train that runs through the house. You can use it to get from point A to point B, which is amazing. I always wondered what powered that train. I imagine you didn't want a steam locomotive or anything with diesel fuel pumping fumes into the house. It actually ran on compressed air. The Retroist Podcast will return after these messages. Now that your little engineer is ready for his first train set, give him one that's engineered for him. The Hot Wheels trains to go railroad. It goes uphill and downhill. Through the tunnel, across the bridge, to the station, to load and unload cargo. Next time you and your little engineer go anywhere at all, all aboard! Take the train. The trains to go railroad. New from Hot Wheels by Mattel. Saturday, Arnold gets his goat. But will a stolen school mascot butt in between him and his new girlfriend? We're talking major misery here. Different strokes. Then watch out as Ricky gets pom-pom fever from some high school cheerleaders. Come here, punks. Haters. On the season premiere of Silver Spoon, Saturday. And now back to the Retroist Podcast. You heard a little bit about the plot. Now here's a little bit about the cast. Ricky Schroeder played Richard Stratton. Rick Schroeder was born in 1970, made his feature film debut in The Champ, which, if you have never watched it, is a film that will make you cry. Schroeder is also in a movie called The Earthling. It's got William Holden in it. And much like The Champ, it is really sad. And I used to watch it all the time when it was on for some reason. And every time my family would come in and ask me, why are you watching this movie? You know you're just going to cry again. I'm like, no, it's so wonderful. I watched it again maybe two or three years ago. It got me. Ricky Schroeder could turn on those waterworks. If you're a wrestling fan, Ricky was a guest timekeeper during WrestleMania II. During the main event, the steel cage match between Hulk Hogan and King Kong Bundy. As you might know, he doesn't go by Ricky anymore. He is Rick Schroeder because he's very serious and continues to work. To me, he'll always be Ricky. Joel Higgins played Edward Stratton III. Born 1943, he's a theater guy, did some work in Greece and other shows before he was cast on Silver Spoons. Continued to work afterwards, but I don't think anything that has approached his Silver Spoons work. Aaron Gray played Kate Summers, eventually Kate Summers Stratton, born 1950. Probably best known for her work in Silver Spoons and as Wilma Deering in Buck Rogers in the 25th Century. If you like to go to comic book conventions, you often see her there. She also has a casting agency, Heroes for Hire, which helps book sci-fi and fantasy stars for personal appearances. Leonard Lightfoot played Leonard Rollins, continued to work well into the 90s, was on Quantum Leap, Murder, She Wrote, Seinfeld, lots of stuff. His replacement, Franklin Seals, played Dexter Stuffins. 
Juilliard-trained Shakespearean actor, worked on Silver Spoons, Growing Pains, also did some motion picture work, was in Star Trek, the motion picture. Sadly, died young, 37 years old, from complications from AIDS. Alfonso Ribeiro played Alfonso Spears, born in 1971, probably best known from his work on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, where he played Carlton Banks. Also, he's a tremendous tap dancer. You can find clips of him dancing online. And if you grew up in the 80s, you might remember he was in a Pepsi commercial with Michael Jackson. Jason Bateman played Derek Taylor for the first two seasons of the show. His Eddie Haskellish character was sort of the breakout star, and he would get his own show, It's Your Move. Was born in 1969, still working today, a lot of movies, and probably his more famous TV work now is on Arrested Development, where he plays Michael Bluth. John Houseman played Edward Stratton II, the grandfather, has that great mid-Atlantic English accent. You might remember him from the film The Paper Chase, and he also did commercials for the brokerage firm Smith Barney. Christine Belford played Evelyn Bloodhorn, born in 1949 in Amityville, New York. This is a fun fact. As a child, she lived at 112 Ocean Avenue, which would later become famous as the setting for the Amityville Horror. She didn't do a ton of work on Silver Spoons. She's probably best known for her work on Banachek, as well as countless appearances on television shows like... Magnum P.I., The Six Million Dollar Man, The Incredible Hulk, Murder, She Wrote, Blossom. Ray Walston showed up in season four to play Uncle Harry Summers. Ray Walston, probably best known for his work on My Favorite Martian and as Mr. Hand in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Rounding out the cast, you had Bobby Fight as J.T. Martin during seasons one and two, Corky Pigeon as Freddie Lippin-Cottleman in seasons one and four, and Billy Jacoby as Brad during seasons four and five. The Retroist Podcast will return after these messages. Remember those earmuffs, Howie? These pictures look good, don't they? Mom says one reason's because they got Kodak paper behind them. You see, you can tell by these words. Just because you use Kodak film, you might not get Kodak paper. You gotta ask for it. Remember, Howie, you gotta ask for it. You see... Using Kodak Film doesn't mean you automatically get Kodak paper. Ask for it, and look for this sign when you get your pictures developed. Are you in there, Howie? John Houseman, for the investment firm of Smith Barney. Good investments don't walk up, bite you on the bottom, and say, we're here. Finding them takes good old-fashioned hard work, research. The kind they do at Smith Barney. Smith Barney is among a handful of top investment firms singled out for their work in research. Smith Barney. They make money the old-fashioned way. They earn it. And now back to the Retroist Podcast. In addition to a great cast, a lot of guest stars showed up on the show. Whitney Houston, Bruce Jenner, Tommy Lasorda, Menudo... Mr. T, Sharon Stone, and in a very special crossover episode, Gary Coleman playing Arnold Jackson from Different Strokes. The show had a lot of real fun episodes, but this episode from season one is called The Great Computer Caper. In it, Ricky and his friend Arnold Jackson hack into a military computer. Of course, by doing so, they're committing treason and are forced to run from the government. It's a strange thing. Arnold is a school reporter for school, and he's interviewing Ricky for the school paper. 
and Ricky has this horrible computer setup. He's got the keyboard in front of him and the monitor sort of to the left. So whenever he does something, he types it in and then looks to the left to see if it works, which you might realize is not a great setup, which is why they don't make laptops with the screen to the side. It's a great one to watch just because of the graphics on the computer and the sort of fake work that he's doing, especially when he's got this hacking algorithm that he's about to run, and it turns into Pong. It is a great episode. Another fun episode from season one is Mr. T and Me, and it has to do with bullying. And when Ricky is getting bullied, Edward hires Mr. T to be his bodyguard. So if you want to have some fun and you've never seen an episode, of, try those two first. They should win you over. Does this sound familiar? Here we are, face to face, a couple of silver spoons. Hoping to find we're two of a kind. Make it a go, make it grow together. We're gonna find our way. Together, taking the time. That is the theme song to Silver Spoons, Together. And it was written by Rick Howard and Bob Worth. Both Howard and Worth have worked on a bunch of TV theme songs, including Pungy Brewster. The fun thing is I was looking online and Howard has a website, rickhowardmusic.com, and has this amazing wedding band that you could hire. I think he's been in magazines and TV shows for it, but you should go there, Rick Howard Music. And I would just love it if I could hire him to do something and have him perform together. I wonder if he gets that as a request. The original version of the theme song was pretty straightforward, the one you heard. There were two other versions of the theme, a more synth version, which was used in 1985, and then a sort of rocking version, which was used during the 1986 season. The show ran for five seasons and never really took off to be like a top 10 show. It peaked during its second season at number 53 in the Nielsen ratings, and then slowly went downward. That is probably why NBC decided to not make the show anymore during the final season, and instead the show went into first-run syndication. At this point, the tone of the show had changed tremendously. Ricky was now a lot older in high school, and we're getting to the point where it would have been Ricky's going to college, and it was probably a good time to end it. As soon as the show concluded, it went into syndication. NBC would run the show starting in 1985 during the day. Then other channels started to pick it up. Hopefully, if you were watching the show in reruns, you decided to record it. Because unfortunately, only season one of the show has been released on DVD. And as of now, I don't see anybody planning to release more. I guess there's not a high demand for it. So keep looking on retro television channels. See when they're going to start broadcasting it. And when they do, get those DVRs fired up. Silver Spoon was wonderful fantasy for people who don't want to grow up. And watching the father-son relationship mature and watching them become a little bit more like the other gave me hope as a kid that even though one day I would have to grow up, I wouldn't necessarily have to grow up like the adults around me. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com slash retroist.com and twitter.com slash retroist. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you have musical needs, you can email Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend.
Hey, it's Ricky Schroeder. I loved you when you're a young kid and you were in the show. And he's like, no, I'm Rick. Here's somebody giving you a compliment and you got to correct them first. But I guess I'm not in his shoes. So what do I know? What do I know? This has been a Rush Wrist production. Goodbye.